0: Are Greg and Maya professional reviewers?
1: Absolutely not. Like amateurs at best, but it's okay because they're funny, smart, and kind of adorable. Bless their hearts. So sit back, relax, and tune into this week's episode of All Cued Up.
0: Hello, gals, guys, and non-binary pals. Welcome to All Cued Up, review podcast tied to streaming services. Today's itinerary is Doctor Who Special 2. Discussion topic, which is, um, why is live action the end goal? Uh, We have the emotional maturity test. I think that's what it's called anyway. And the Greek God test. Uh, We'll get through those in a minute. But first, I'm Greg. This is Maya. Maya, how's your week been?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, You know, wrapped a lot of Christmas presents. Uh, Let's see. Got the fireplace repaired in the living room. uh, Because we have propane fireplaces. And they're our, our primary sources of heat. So, it's been getting cold here at night. Like in the teens and shit. So it's been cold as balls in the living room overnight the next morning. Uh, We got that fixed. Uh, We replaced the gaskets on the car. uh, The uh, valve cover gasket and the uh, front crankcase seal, uh, which has stopped all the oil leaks, which is great. Uh, But let's see, what else did I do? Oh, I finished Star Ocean Second Story R uh, platinum did. it and It so it's was just a, It's
0: just a uh, turn based RPG right?
1: No oh. No it's not turn based it's action RPG the Star Ocean Games The Combat is a lot like the most recent Final Fantasy games Oh uh, they're they're more action oriented, like you literally are pressing a button, you know, for attacks, to dodge, uh, to do special moves, things like that. No, it's not turn based at all. Uh, okay, well, yeah. it looks it's old school. It's is originally released in ninety eight in Japan on the PlayStation and ninety nine in North America. Uh, but you know they remade it and the the characters Uh, or traditional-like Super NES era, uh, early PlayStation era fucking Sprite characters. Uh, But the backgrounds are all rendered as, you know, modern-day engine backgrounds. They look fucking great.
0: Is it on PlayStation Platinum?
1: uh, On PlayStation Plus, yes. No, no, no. It is not. Everything else is. It just came out November the th- second or third. Oh, and I want I want an Amazon gift card, so I went ahead and got the game because it's. Gotcha. Yeah. All the rest of the Star Oceans that are released in North America are on PlayStation Plus, though, and there's five of those. Gotcha this one is like a direct sequel to the first game It takes place like 20 years after. And you play one of your two main characters because you can play as two different characters. Um, one of them is a, the son of the protagonist from the first game Well, not the main protagonist, but a secondary protagonist. Uh, but, uh, um, now, I started playing this morning, The Last Hope, which is also on PlayStation Plus. Uh, it's set as a prequel. Uh, it's a couple hundred years, about 250 years or so before the first two games. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, let's see anything else exciting or interesting for the week happen? Uh, don't think so. Don't think so. How's your week been? Mostly stressful.
0: Um, so a couple weeks ago, a buddy of mine, uh, you you know Mark, him and I were the only ones in our friend group in that particular side of the uh, friend group. Who didn't have a newer console we were both stuck with old xbox one and, and a ps4 and he texted the group like like again a week and a half ago give or take two weeks at this point like a picture of him getting his xbox series x and i was like "Fuck, i'm like the only one what the fuck like i don't like i i i know like i really want to play fucking baldur's gate 3 but i don't have anything to play it on when it eventually comes to xbox so, getting frustrated, I, I just kind of like asked him, "How did he get his?" Or he told us, or whatever. And it was this through a company called the firm. Hmm. Um. So, this week I planned on doing it. However, I should have planned a different day. I should have done it like on a Wednesday. Because the day that I did it was extremely stressful. So last Tuesday, um, as a lot of you, a lot of listeners know, I do my dad's home dialysis. In his arm, he has two accesses. One of where the blood comes out, one where the blood goes back in. Because it's being cleaned. Um, basically, it's a giant machine in our house access his kidney. And... Uh, um, On Tuesday, when I went to do his dialysis, I, the pressures on his lower access were extremely high to the point that the machine kept shutting off. And I'd make adjustments to the needle. I'd pull it up, push it down, put a put a you know a, a gauze under it to keep it level like, up a little bit. Nothing was working. Couldn't get the pressures to come down. So I just straight ended the session. I just was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm fucking done. This is annoying. I'm already pissed off. I was pissed off for some other reason, I, like at my family or whatever. It doesn't matter. And I, uh, so I end the session. Wednesday rolls around. We don't even do a session. We take normally. We take Wednesdays off. And uh, Thursday rolls around, and uh, I'm like, "All right, well, I'll get my dad's session started, and I'll look into getting the um." I, um So we go to start the session, and like we start having problems again with it with the pressure. It's it's just it's very frustrating. The, mach- the like it's just it's just not quite working. So I I end it, but I also contact our home divina place in Fort Worth. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what to do. Like, this has happened twice now, where we just can't get the access to work, yada yada yada. And uh, at that time, the guy, the guy that works with us, our nurse named Matt, he just goes, well, I, I don't know what's wrong with it until I can see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna schedule you guys to come in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Cool. Um, sort of. So after I get my dad disconnected and I've and I've contacted them. I'm at my laptop and I'm trying to and, and what Mark said was like go to the target website, put the put the system in your cart, and then uh, um, when you go to checkout or you you know you go to you go to pay for it, there'll be an option to pay with a firm. Okay, cool. So I go to Target's website, I put it in the cart and I go check it. But there's like a screen between the two between the actual checkout and not and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't see a spot to pay with the firm. I just see another company called Citizen Pay. So I apply for Citizen Pay, denies me. I put my dad's information in, it denies me. I put my mom's information in, it denies me. And I'm like, "What the fuck do I do? I don't understand." So I text Mark, "What's going on?" He's like, "That's really weird. I don't understand why that would be happening." And uh, he goes, "How are you doing it?" At that point, like before he started text me back, I just went to a firm's website and applied for, you know money there. Yeah. And it was fine. It gave me a seven hundred dollar limit um to buy whatever I wanted. And so it gives me a virtual credit card. And then Mark texted me and he was like, no, no, no. Like it's at the very, very, very final screen. Like you can see your the last four digits of, of a card. If you have if you've had a card, I was like, oh. So I go back to the target website, do everything again, and I get to the final page and that's what it said payment firm. And I'm like, god damn, I didn't realize it was this far, like down a fucking hole before I got to the part I needed to get to. (laughs) So I click on pay, I click on pay with a firm, and it doesn't do shit. It doesn't do a goddamn thing. Like, what the fuck? So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And then I realize that because I've already started an account with firm, I just need to put the virtual credit card in. Just as a whole. Yeah. I do it and Target's like, cool, we'll let you know when it's ready to pick up. Like it was easy as shit, and the firm's like, "All right, for the next twelve months, you have a fifty dollar payment."
1: That's awesome.
0: So, on <laughs> um, on Target's website, around like this this was early in the morning. This was like ten a.m. and around I'd say one, it like Target was like, "Hey, it's ready to pick up. Whatever you want, them pick it up." And the firm's like, "Hey, your 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 uh, your item is ready to be picked up at Target." And I was like, "Oh my god." But I'm staying home because I'm waiting for Mac to call me. I'm waiting to get a whole, like, hear from David as a whole. And uh, uh, I just go, fuck it. It's, it's, it's close to three. I think it was three. And I was like, I'm just going to go pick up the Xbox. If they call while I'm out, they call while I'm out. You know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I am on the road, and Mac calls me. So I call Matt and he's like, so it could be this, 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 but I'm gonna have you guys come in at 8:30 in the morning tomorrow. I'm like,
1: God damn.
0: And you're gonna do a session here so we can kind of see what's going on and figure out what your dad needs. Because he hasn't has he hasn't had a um he hasn't had a session since Monday. That's three days. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. So he uh we go in and we're watching how my dad is putting in the needle. I'm like, yeah, it looks normal, it's fine, and it runs fine. Everything flows perfectly like there's no issues whatsoever I'm like, that's fucking wild and matt's listening to the accesses inside his arm because the science behind it, it's a device called the fistula that's in his arm with his veins like it's tied to the veins and that's what we puncture every single time that we go to do a session um so uh And keep in mind, it's the bottom access that's giving us issues, not the top. But when you try to feel the blood flow uh, on the top one, just feel it. You can't feel it. And then when you listen to it, it's super quiet. So Matt goes, what we're going to do is on Monday, I'm scheduling an appointment to go see the um, uh, official specialist. And you might need a balloon to kind of puff it up a bit and put it closer to the skin. And we were like, okay, that makes sense. That sounds fine. So uh, um, Saturday and Sunday, we had to try to do a session here at home. We had to try. Yeah. So Saturday, we nail the spots. My dad nails the spots. I helped him. I helped guide him. We nail the spots. So his blood flow is flying. Fine. We start up the machine, and it is screaming at me. That something is wrong with the with the uh, line. Something is wrong with the fistula. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? After a few minutes, I like just turned the needle upside down. And that basically took the the angle of it away from the wall of the arterial line. So the blood flow was perfect at that point. And I'm like, why the fuck does it have to be this goddamn complicated? So he's doing his session. And I started back up. And it starts screaming at me that the... That there's no, um, that basically the the drain line is is clogged. And I'm like, the fuck it is. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, the fuck it is clogged. I want to say after about 30 minutes of just constantly fucking with this goddamn machine, it finally works. And I'm like, okay, great. Now he's in session. That was stressful. That was exhausting. And then Sunday... Uh, By the way, I texted Matt. Matt gave me his personal phone number to text him that I was going well.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, so, uh, um, on trying to think what happened next there. Uh, Yeah, so on Sunday we got to do a session, and he, uh, um. We go to put the needles in, the blood flow's great, right? We get that nail, And I'm like, that's really good, that's really good. I come up with the machine, and now it's screaming at me that the uh, that there's, that there's uh, blood in the air line. Though that's what it was on Saturday. I knew it was something else on Saturday. God damn it. So Saturday's telling me that there's a bunch of air in the line going through the machine. And the machine has these little sensors to detect if there's air in the fucking actual line that, the, my, that my dad's blood goes through. Yeah, You obviously don't want blood or air in the line because I can cause an air embolism. I look at the machine I see all this fucking air in there. And I'm like, that's wild because I do a thing called a snap and tap which gets all the air out. So uh, um, now I have to take a fucking syringe and on the actual filter piece itself like draw all the air out of it. It was was such a pain in the ass. So Sunday I'm thinking, cool, I'm going to pay really close attention to everything so that way I don't fuck up at all and get air in the line again. Uh, so I do that correctly, but then it's screaming at me that there's blood in the waistline and it keeps shutting off the fucking, so I'm like, there's no blood in the goddamn drain line. Like I'm looking at, it's not pink at all. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I text him that and I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, grab the blood leak detector and then take a little bit of that drain line fluid and put it in there. Keep it in there for a minute. If it turns, um, if it turns green, that means there's blood in there. If it's, if it's, if it's red, Or not red, but if it stays yellow, then there's nothing in there. And it's just the sensors on the machine. So after struggling with that for, like, fucking 20 minutes, I I go to test it. It's fucking yellow. Like, the color never changed. I mean, there's no blood in the drain line at all. Yeah. So I'm like, why is this machine doing that? And Matt goes, when you're done with this session, like, take a small cloth and clean the sensors on the inside of the machine. And I went, okay. So I do that. Um, he finally has, it like, this, like, I don't do that right then, because it's machine's on.
1: Right? Yeah, but, yeah, like, right when after, the session's over.
0: Yeah. So when I, um, when I text Matt, like, hey, it's still yellow, I'm going to turn on the machine again, everything is perfectly fine. <clears throat> Nothing went wrong. I was like, what the fuck? <clears throat> so, uh, on... Monday, we go to his appointment, which was in Fort Worth, like, really close to where the home to place is. And uh, he has to go in for, like, very uninvasive surgery. It was, like, basically a needle into his arm. And then it was, like, there's a balloon inside the needle that gets pushed through and inflated. Kind of of a cool process. But uh, um, he was in and out in an hour, like easy. So, but because it had taken us a long time in there, like we were in there for like four hours, we get home and I'm just like, we're going to skip today's session. We were going to do a session, but we we're going to skip it. I don't know, whatever. So, Tuesday rolls around. Yesterday, we go to do a session. When I say everything went fucking smooth, smooth as butter, I mean, like nothing went wrong. It was great.
1: It was like silk on glass, huh?
0: Oh my God, dude. Like, there's a level of euphoric, like, feeling when something like after a week long of stress with something and then it finally goes perfect, you're just like, I could fucking take a hard nap right now.
1: Uh, it's yeah. So
0: so nice. But um but yeah, so it was like I got my Xbox but I had a fucking stress last week with technically the job I do.
1: Yeah. So that's that's very stressful
0: very stressful, but, well, that's been my week. So, all right, everybody. Um, so like I said, at the top of the show, we have a tenor area. So we're going to go into each topic, uh, individually. We're going to start with, um, the, this discussion topic that I have, which is why does live action feel like it's the end game for everything? Um, I've noticed a lot more recently that the only time something is of noteworthy value To society as a whole. Is if it has a live action version. So for example. One Piece. Over a thousand episodes in Japan. It's massively fucking popular shit. The main character was a goddamn mess. Thanksgiving Day parade float. So why did it suddenly become more popular. After it got a live action version on Netflix. Like why did people start like treating it. As if it was legitimate now?
1: Now, how easy is it access over here for our listeners? I know how easy it is to access, but for our listeners' purposes, how easy has it been to access over the past while well, over the course of the enemy?
0: Um, I want to say a lot of people that watch it now watched it when it was on uh, Fox, uh, Fox, or Kids, or whatever the fuck it was, like a Saturday morning cartoon thing. And that was when it was relatively still new. So there were new episodes coming out. I think it maybe had been in like 200 episodes by the time they started dubbing it here in America. Um, But over the past, I want to say decade, it's been on Crunchyroll, which is a cheaper service than Netflix. But they're both streaming services. No different.
1: It's also not a very popular fucking... Streaming service, well-known streaming service. It's popular in its ag- circles, but
0: I'm not just talking about One Piece. This is no, no, everything.
1: No, I get what you're saying. You got to think, though, of all the people that have a Netflix account versus people that have a Crunchyroll account. You know, you so how, I kind of see. Easy. Yeah, you yeah. That's
0: how easily accessible. So, I'm saying that that Crunchyroll is as easily accessible as Netflix?
1: No, no, I get that. I get that completely. I'm just saying that you know I, I get I get where you're going with this. Uh, yes, it has boomed in popularity and it's just because it's more easily accessible in that in that instance. Let's look at something else, say, okay. We'll talk about the Scott Pilgrim uh, movie versus yeah. anime. Uh, yeah, the anime is popular, but the, I think the movie is more popular because it's live action.
0: Well, that's my point. Like why why do things feel like they become more quote unquote legitimate with society when they get that live action adaptation? Like A lot of it has than...
1: to do with people still view animation, be it cartoon <laughs> or anime, as for I'm kids not, and not I for adults. I'm not,
0: I'm not asking the question for like an, an, an answer to that degree. What oh, okay. Because I, I, I know that. What, what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm proposing the question like a why can't society get on board with other forms of media, other media <laughs> versus just straight live action. I see this so often that it frustrates the shit out of me. <clears throat> there are some people that have a hard time watching animation because it, it hurts their eyes. I get that. That's a that's a fair argument to have. Um but that's very few people. Very few people. So yeah. that can't be the fucking reasoning. There's a bunch of people that also view cartoon, not cartoons but animation as things for kids exclusively. Yeah, and like I remember, I was teased and ridiculed and made fun of for even into my adult life for reading comic books, reading superheroes, and then you know, like you know, we'll go back to two thousand one when the first Spider Man movie came out, and I say the first in in two thousand
1: two actually.
0: Two thousand two, you're right. Um, the Tobey Maguire movie is what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly, like. Everyone started loving superheroes. Everyone was super interested in superheroes and then and then Iron Man comes out and it's just over from there. And I tell people all the time like this here's my problem. I love that you love what I love because I get more of what I love. That's as simple as it gets. But the problem that I have is that you'll fucking go to the theater. You'll watch one of the superhero movies, you'll wear the shirts, you'll you'll you know, you'll go to the degree of being a fan of these characters like I have since I was young, but you would be caught dead reading a fucking comic book. Why? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating because, you know, I go, hey, Dad, you loved The Last of Us TV show, right? Yeah, it was great. Why couldn't you possibly be interested in the game?
1: Well, it's a video game,
0: you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a show. And I go, okay, what if I played the game in front of you or I bring up a YouTube channel where someone plays the whole game without, without commentary, why would that be different? You're still getting a very in-depth and thoughtful story. I showed him the GTA 6 trailer the other day because I was like kind of showing him like the progression of GTA over time. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, it's because it's a video game and it's boring. And I go, how is a video game boring versus a TV show? Yes, a TV show has to tell a story a little bit differently than a game because of. Pacing because of, you know, time game, constraints, gameplay, game format, time constraints. but you are unwilling to enjoy that story because there happens to be gameplay in the middle of it. that to me is a wild fucking thought process. And it's maybe because I'm the type of person that I don't care what medium it's in if it's a good story, I'll fucking absorb it.
1: People aren't built that way; they just aren't they've been conditioned where live action or nothing uh you know it's they've been conditioned over the years. Cartoons are for kids. Once you're not a kid, you don't watch cartoons. Comic books are for kids. Once you're an adult, you put them down. They've been conditioned by their fucking, the older generation. As they grow up, they have to discard the quote-unquote childish things. Even though many of the things that they're viewing as childish are absolutely fucking not. And it's just been in the past... You know, 15, 20 years. Uh, where, well, you know, I've never put anything down. It's like, you know, let, let's go back to the 90s. I was in high school and I still fucking collected toys. And, you know, my parents would be like, you need to put that shit down because it's not sustainable. You can't have an adult life, you know, using these things and i'm like you look at my room now you know hey we've got a house we've got a roof over our heads guess what the house that one room of it's filled with fucking toys so fucking yeah, what yeah so fucking what i'm still a responsible parent the first thing i do on the third of the month when i get paid i pay all my fucking bills you know yeah never once have we gone without for anything that we fucking needed all because I've still got a love for fucking toys, you know, for childish things. Uh, I'm an adult. I can have what I fucking want. You know, then again, uh, it's like, I prefer when it comes to the medium of storytelling, I prefer a video game format. You know, I, I I love the visuals, but I, I also love not, the I engaging prefer, story.
0: I, like, I don't know that I prefer one over the other per se, but I, I definitely.
1: Well, don't I get me wrong. It, I I enjoy a good TV show, but be it animated or live action. But I prefer to sink into a video game because not only am I getting a good story, but I also get a good sense of accomplishment and. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, don't give me. I I love a good book. I'm not. I'm not judging your
0: preference. I'm more saying like, I, I when I when I think of the from that perspective, I don't think I have a preference in that regard. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. You said that. My brain went. Do I have a preference?
1: But it's just. But it's it's just societal. Yeah, it's just societal conditioning. It's what the older generations. Have always told the younger generations, and the fact that some of us are breaking the mold, you know, and have broken the mold for years and continue to break the mold. It's just, uh, I think it's going to take another good 10, 15 years for it to become for animation to become just as acceptable and popular as live action. It's crazy
0: because like I, I, you know, my brother-in-law, you know, I talked to him about this kind of stuff because he loved those movies. Right. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't fucking remember the plot to any of them between watching, but he loved watching them. Iron Man was his favorite, which makes perfect fucking sense. But, um, and i'm like mike you're the motherfucker that would have made fun of me for reading the comic books of which the movies you now enjoy and i go why 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 is it that the comic book is less acceptable by you to be read by an adult than it is to watch the fucking movie when the movie ain't that fucking different from the comic book As a matter of fact, Jon Favreau, being a fan of the Iron Man comic books, made his movie modeled after the fucking comic books. Yep. And I teased him. I was like, is it because you can't read? Like, what's... It has pictures. It just... It'll... It'll... (coughs) It'll always be an infuriating thing to me that there's so many fucking adults out there that just will not enjoy a different medium because of some preconceived notions and I would like people to be more conscious of it. I would like people to be more open to hey this new show which is a adaptation of an anime I could check out that anime like trying to get my dad to watch an anime is impossible because his entire perception of what anime is is fucking Speed Racer and Pokemon and I'm yeah. like, I can't fucking tell you how many adult themed, non traditionally animated animes I watch. Like, there's one I really, really want to watch. I've, I've started it a few times, but then I get distracted by something else. Let's call it And I know that it has some heavy adult themes. I know it does because I've, you know, people said it. I like, the only way that I can get, I will ever get my dad to watch that is if it becomes live-action. The only way. Yeah. Or, like, I've been watching that uh, that one, no, I was, until I left Crunchyroll and I got struck by the things. But that anime you were having to watch, um,
1: uh... Iron-Blooded Orphans.
0: Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, that, the themes in the show are heavy
1: and. the Yeah. A child slavery, um, yes. child soldiers, uh, you know, yeah. the ownership of humans period, you know, uh, it's, it's a, you know, so what it's set on Mars and earth and then Mars again, Yeah, uh, space, you know, it's far future. There's giant robots, but at the core of it, it's the, it's essentially the story of these kids who were, you know, orphans. Obviously part of the title. Uh, who they are sold to corporations and they're used as child soldiers and security forces and you know, frontline cannon fodder things like that. Right. They rise up, uh, make a name for themselves, you know, the the themes that accompany it are just great.
0: Right. Like that's but and that's exactly the point is just it's, it's I would like to see people be more open to other forms of mediums and like, I love that people are getting interested and getting introduced into these worlds and these characters and things that I've loved for years via the live action adaptation, but at the same time, like, how about we be open to it when it originally came out? How about we open to the source material outside of the medium that you usually enjoy? Why can't we do that? Like, I remember I I sat down with my mom and I said, hey, I want you to check out this horror game with me. It's called, um, oh, I can't remember the fucking name of it. It was on PlayStation specifically. Quarry. The Quarry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember you were talking about the quarry.
0: She fucking loved it. She enjoyed that time we spent together playing that game. Did you
1: ever play Until Dawn after that?
0: No, I have been I've been really meaning to. Because I want to play with her
1: yeah i think she would really love both of you would really love until dawn and it's on playstation plus
0: i know i have it downloaded. it's still oh okay yeah okay it's just we haven't gotten into it because you know last year was this whole year has been a fucking madhouse but
1: but yeah it's just
0: i wanted to bring it up because it's it's a topic that frustrates me to no end and I, you know, I am seeing a lot more people, you know, who grew up on cartoons and stuff like that are, are more embracing them, including the live action and whatnot. And I think the the, older, the younger generation, as they get older, it'll be more in lieu with that and more kind of in. Lieu exactly. I, one of the great things that I'm seeing right now in terms of animation is unique styles of animation to tell fun stories. You, know, you look at... Um, the new Ninja Turtle movie, you look at the, the Spider-Verse movies, you look at fucking... Um, there's one on... There's one. There's a Dreamcast, one's like The Bad Guys or something like that. Like, that's animated completely differently than those things. And uh, I'm so fucking, like, excited to check out some more animated movies that are going to come out. Um, they are really fucking neat ideas for animes that are constantly coming out. Like, one that I love watching and to watch the newest episode. It's called Undead Unluck. And it's like, people have abilities like special powers if you will but they're not they're not traditional they're called um negators they negate something versus do something you know enhance wise um so for example the main character of the show um came over her name for the life of me but she has what's called unluck where if somebody touches her skin she causes them to be extremely unlucky to the point that they might die Hmm. Um, like, if you brush her arm with your finger, just passing by, suddenly your car is going to explode with, without you in it, right? But let's say you give her a hug, you kiss her, something like that. Like, so our main—the reason we know this is because of the other main character, and his name is Andy. He has the negator of death, but it's a self-negation, not other people. So he can't die, and he's been alive for so fucking long that he's been able to. Basically, like cut off a limb and use it as like he can, he can basically cut cut his finger off, but quick enough to where he can then project out, project out like a bullet. Um, and he'll regenerate everything, like it just comes back. But other, like you meet other characters in the show that have negator abilities and negation abilities. And to me, that's such a fucking clever, fun concept for an idea that I don't think you would get in America. I really don't. That seems uniquely fucking Japanese. Um, but there are also like a metric fuck ton of indie games constantly coming out that are just rad as shit. Um, there are... Uh,
1: game of the Year, the... see of stars. What's that? Game of the Year, see of stars.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's not winning Game of the Year, but yeah.
1: It should. RPG of the year, definitely.
0: I think it should win Indie Game of the Year. Because I don't think it's necessarily better than some of the other games that came out this year. Like the top six for the Game Awards. In my opinion, all six of those are better than Sea of Stars.
1: I'm not sure which six you're referring to. Um,
0: you're very quiet, by the way. Like you're talking into your chest or something.
1: Uh, I was looking down. <laughs> yeah. So what, what? What six games are you referring to?
0: Um, hold on. Uh, game of the Year nominees: Alan Wake Two, Super Mario Wonder, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Boulder's Gate Three, the Resident Evil Four remake, and Spider Man Two.
1: CS: Stars or Spider Man Two? Because Spider Man Two is the only one I played. I'm like, I really had different them. levels of fun of both, and loved both. But I think CSRs Stars was more rewarding in the end than Spider Man Two was. I have both games, love them both, play them both several times.
0: As someone like I like I say, I call myself a gaming enthusiast, not a hardcore gamer. What's yeah. the difference in that is I will listen to others talk about these games. I will watch other streams. I will I'll go out of my way for everything. And I can confidently say, like, CS, CS Stars was great. CS Stars was super fucking heartwarming, super fun. It had a lot of aspects to it that were great. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of strong engagement, In terms of unique gameplay. Um in for for me, it does not beat the other ones. Um, one of the things about Alan Wake 2 is that its story is incredibly in depth. That company Remedy knows how to tell a fucking story through gameplay really, really well. So a lot of the stuff that you see and hear within Alan Wake 2 is gonna fuck with you as a gamer, not Mm. just you know kind of scary or spooky. Like it's they're doing a lot of work in regards to that. Like you have to play with surround sound or good headphones to to really get everything out of Alan to Um Super Mario Wonder is a unique Mario game. Every single level has a thing called the Wonder Flower. And the Wonder Flower changes the game. It changes what you're doing in the game. So you're playing a regular mario game but very stylized and, and a lot of fun because it's that well stylized but then you pick up that wonder flower and the game changes suddenly it becomes something else and because of that it's it deserves to be in the game in year category like it's so fucking good uh tears of the kingdom really uh like it basically took what breath of the wild was but then enhanced it tenfold it gave you a sky place to explore. It gave you an underground space to explore on top of whatever was regular Hyrule to begin with from for Breath of the Wild. It also gave you the ability to build your own vehicles, build your own contraptions. Like that game went, it took it took Breath of the Wild. and went 10 times stronger. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 was a fucking incredible uh, release. You know, they didn't do a whole lot of advertising, people knew about it. <coughs> and then everybody who played it, everybody that I had seen was just like, it's an incredible fucking I haven't I've seen maybe two people say it's all right or I didn't enjoy it. Right. Um wild to me that that's the thing. And it's mainly because it's it's D. It's li- it's it's voice acted D D. And so, that, that's a reason that there should be on there. Uh, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, it took what was so enjoyable by a lot of people um, with the original game and took all the bullshit out of what, you know, the original game and, and enhanced what needed to be enhanced for the remake. Um, there's a ton of people that I, I've watched on like the Djibouti guys, the Djibouti brothers, not brothers, mm-hmm. Djibouti show. Yeah. They it's their game of the year. Mm. It's 100% their game of the year, and they've played everything else on this list. Um, and the Spider-Man Two story was so fucking engaging.
1: Yeah, it was. It
0: was. Like they made they like there was the gameplay which was great, but the fucking. Um, the story was just unreal with, with you know, like a- allowing us to see what kind of Pete goes through a Spider Man. Like, yes, he's incredibly fucking strong. He's Spider Man, gets to swing through the city. It's dope. But Spider Man doesn't just get to have fun with that, he has to deal with a lot of shit on top of that. And, um, to me, having watched all these games, read so many people talk about them, um, on it like, like read them, hear them, whatever. Sea of is great. It deserves Indie Game of the Year, one hundred percent. Hell, I would say it also it also deserves RPG of the Year. But it it cannot beat any of these six games.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but anyway. Um, uh-huh. how do we get there? How do we get to the? Because I mentioned Sea of Stars, talking about how good it was. Yeah, but like, why were we
0: talking about the Sea of Stars? Because we were talking about adaptations.
1: Well, no, we were.
0: People not accepting uh forms of media.
1: No, we were talking about video games, and you brought up something, and I. Just made the offhand comment, and then we went off on that tangent.
0: That's yeah, yeah. Add. Anyway, we should it move happens. on to the other two things that we have on this list. Um, PlayStation Stars, if you guys haven't, it. it's fucking amazing. It's on Game Pass. Like, if you have an Xbox, you have no reason to not play it. As for PlayStation, you got to pay for it, but still, um, it's worth it. It's cheap as shit. It's like less than twenty bucks, right?
1: I think it's twenty bucks, but you know, for PlayStation Plus users, it's free.
0: Oh, it is. That's right. It is. I
1: think it's free on. Pass. I think it's free on Game Pass as well.
0: That's what I was just saying. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox, you have a Well, that's if you have Game Pass. I don't know who doesn't have Game Pass, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that doesn't have Game Pass. Oh yeah. Um. So we have two little tests that we want to give each other. Um, I have my results for my test. Do you have your results for your test?
1: I do. I do. The emotional intelligence questionnaire?
0: Yeah.
1: So which one do I do first? Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, The reason we're doing this is my daughter takes psychology in high school. Uh, She's in the 11th grade. And she says, I took this fucking test today. Uh, I said well let me take a look at it You know it's an emotional intelligence questionnaire It's set up uh, It's designed to get you thinking about The various competences of emotional intelligence As they apply to you And it's broken up into self-awareness Your self-awareness The ability to recognize what you're feeling Understand your habitual emotional responses to events And recognize how your emotions affect your behavior and performances uh, how well you manage your emotions, your ability to stay focused, think clearly, even when experiencing powerful emotions, uh, motivating oneself, uh, the ability to use your deepest emotions and to move and guide towards your goals, your empathy levels, which is your ability to sense, understand, and respond, what other people are feeling and your social skills. Uh, so it's broken up into these, in, into these five categories. And there are 50 questions. Each section is based on 10 questions. Your score can be anywhere from zero to 50 in these sections. Uh, ranking them on a scale of one to five. Uh, one being, uh, you know, the least... Uh, least applying to yourself. Uh, does not apply. Two applies a little. Three half of the time. Four almost always applies, and five always applies. Uh,
0: so that sounds very similar to my test.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very. Very similar. Uh. So what did? Let's just go through our scores now. Uh. The way I, like, I
0: haven't, I have taken the test. So,
1: oh, you haven't taken the test?
0: No, I was gonna have you give me the test and see what see what. I oh, can
1: well, I've already taken the test. I've, I've, I've got my scores ready and everything. Yeah. Like, okay. Same,
0: same with me and in the in the other one. Like I have my results for the three-plus
1: okay, three-plus. okay, okay, okay. Well, what would you, based on one to five, you never apply being one. Half the time being three always applies. Being five, uh, you realize immediately when you lose your temper.
0: Um, I'd say a three.
1: Say a three. Uh-huh. Okay, hold on a second. I'm going to mark this. Well, you re- you you keep track of your own answers. Um,
0: okay, hold on.
1: Because I don't have a way to keep track of your answers, not without fucking up mine.
0: Because I took a screenshot of my results, and then I have the test ready.
1: Oh, okay. Because
0: I never, I, I got the link to the test, but I was, you know, I never did it. Um, got you. So how do I, how are we going to see my results if I, if I'm keeping track of it?
1: Just tell me.
0: Yes, but isn't there an ending to the test that tells you, like,
1: what Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, like, write down number one, write down a three for your answer, and then I can go through and figure out what your answers are at the end. Gotcha, okay. So, number two. <laughs> number two, you can reframe a bad situation quickly.
0: can reframe a bad situation quickly? Yeah. I'd say that's a three as well.
1: Okay. Number three, you're always able to motivate yourself to do difficult tasks. That's a two. Okay. Number four, you're always able to see things from the other person's viewpoint.
0: That's a four.
1: Number five, I'm an excellent listener. That's a four. Number six, I know when I'm happy.
0: That's a solid five.
1: Number seven, I do not wear my heart on my sleeve.
0: Uh, I do not wear my heart on my sleeve. Well, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, so would I give that like a two?
1: I mean, I do too, and I gave myself a one. (laughs) I'm (laughs) just like, there's some of these. I got some ones in there. That's fair. Number eight, I'm usually able to prioritize important activities at work and get on with them.
0: Uh, that's a four for me. Like When I'm at work, it's different.
1: Yeah. Number nine, I, do what?
0: I said at home, it's all another story.
1: Oh, okay. Number nine, I'm excellent at empathizing with someone else's problem.
0: That's a four.
1: Number 10, I never interrupt other people's conversations.
0: That's a three. I do have a tendency to do that.
1: Number 11, I usually recognize when I'm stressed.
0: Solid five.
1: <laughs> Number 12, others can rarely tell what kind of mood I'm in.
0: Uh, that's a, It says rarely tell?
1: Rarely tell, yes. That's a four. Number 13, I always meet deadlines. Two. <laughs> That's what I get myself. <laughs> Number 14, I can tell if someone is not happy with me.
0: Uh, I'm going to say two. There's a reason behind it. But...
1: I got you. I got you. 15, I'm good at adapting and mixing with a variety of people. That's a three. Number sixteen, when I'm being emotional, I'm aware of it.
0: Ooh. I'm gonna say a four. There are times where like if I'm really grumpy, I can't tell, but
1: yeah. Number seventeen, I rarely fly off the handle at other people.
0: Oh. It's a five.
1: Eighteen, I never waste time.
0: <laughs> One
1: that's what the past two was exact well the past three are the exact same thing. Alright. Number nineteen, I can tell if a team of people are not getting along with each other.
0: No, oh, it's a solid fucking four.
1: Yep. Number twenty, people are the most most interesting thing in life for me. Say
0: the question one more time.
1: People are the most interesting thing in life for me. Two. Alright. 21. When I feel anxious, I usually can account for the reason or reasons.
0: Uh, that's a four.
1: Number 22. Difficult people do not annoy me.
0: That's solid two.
1: Number 23. I do not prevaricate.
0: Prevaricate. Yes. I don't know what that word means.
1: Well, I, I should have pulled that up. Prevaricate. I mean, I hate this fucking keyboard.
0: I don't know every word, but I am a good reader. Prevaricate. Oh my God. This
1: fucking uh, that is to speak or act evasively in an evasive way.
0: Oh. So it's I tend to speak perva- per- pervasively?
1: No. You do not prevaricate. You do not speak in an evasive way.
0: I do though, so two.
1: Oh, okay. I'm not very sure uh, good at it. Twenty-four. I can usually understand why people are being difficult towards me.
0: That's a two. I don't I don't pick up on that.
1: Number 25, I love to meet new people and get to know what makes them tick.
0: Two. I'm an introvert.
1: Number 26, I always know when I'm being unreasonable. Three. 27, I can consciously alter my frame of mind or mood. I
0: can alter my frame of
1: mood? I can constantly alter my frame of mind or my mood. Three. Number 28, I believe you should do the difficult things first.
0: God, that's vague. I know. Uh, I'm going to say two on that.
1: Number 29, other individuals are not difficult, just different.
0: Uh, I'm going to say three because I feel like it, it's both. It, it,
1: it, your brother came to mind immediately. Uh, on fucking... <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Number 30. I need a variety of work colleagues to make my job interesting.
0: Uh, fucking uh, One.
1: Yeah. Number 31. Awareness of my own emotions is very important to me at all times. <laughs>
0: awareness of my emotions is important to me at all times. hmm Uh, three.
1: All right. Number 32. I do not let stressful situations or people affect me once I've left work. No, but
0: fucking One.
1: 33. Delayed gratification is a virtue that I hold to.
0: Say it one more time.
1: Delayed gratification is a virtue that I hold to. I'm going
0: to say three on that as well. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't.
1: 34. I can understand if I'm being unreasonable.
0: Well, I feel like we've had that question.
1: Um, well, we had. Uh, I can always always know when I'm being unreasonable. This one is I can understand when I'm being unreasonable. Thinking from another person's perspective. Gotcha.
0: <clears throat> okay, I got my number.
1: What do you What do you Three. give that one? Three. Three. Uh, Thirty-five. I like to ask questions to find out what's important to people.
0: That's a 4. I ask, I ask a lot of questions.
1: Uh 36. I can tell if someone is upset or annoyed me. Oh, 4. Number 37. I rarely worry about work or life in general. 2.
0: About all the goddamn time.
1: number 38 I believe in action this day
0: I believe in action this day yeah that's weirdly worded um, it, it uh, is three
1: number 39 I can understand why my actions sometimes offend others Two. Number forty, I see working with difficult people as simply a challenge to win them over. Um, two. Number forty-one, How I can let anger. Fifty.
0: Okay.
1: Forty-one, I can let anger go quickly so that it no longer affects me.
0: Um, I can let anger go quickly so it no longer affects me. Uh, I'm going to say 3 on that because I can yeah but it's not often
1: yeah that's what I said too uh, number 42 I can suppress my emotions when I need be when I need to
0: that's a solid 4 for me
1: number 43 I'm asking. 43 I can always motivate myself even when I feel low mm, that's a 2 yeah me too Number 44, I can sometimes see things from others' point of view.
0: That's a solid four for me.
1: All right, number 45, I'm good at reconciling differences with other people.
0: Uh, that's a four. I'm good at that, but it doesn't, have to, it doesn't come often because I don't you know,
1: Oh, shit. Uh, 46, I know what makes me happy. That's a four. Number 47, others often do not know how I'm feeling about things.
0: Others do not know how I'm feeling about things. That's a four for me.
1: 48, motivations has been the key to my success.
0: Solid one.
1: Hmm, me too. 49, reason for disagreements are always clear.
0: Uh, that's a five. I know why the disagreement happened. As for resolving it, that's a whole other cat of works.
1: And the last one, number fifty, I generally build solid relationships with those I work with.
0: Ah yeah, fucking three.
1: All right, now to total these up. So they're not asked they're they there's like altered in their sequence, which is weird. So for question number one, you scored what? Three. Three. Hold on. I'm going to settle these up. And question two, you scored, or uh, question six, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, five. Five.
1: So
0: one was three, six was five. Oh, number 11.
1: Five. Okay. Number uh, 16. Four. Number 21. 4 Number 26 uh 3 Number 31
0: 1 No, 3, sorry. 3 was 31 was 3, sorry.
1: Okay. Number 36 4 41. Uh, 3. 46. 4. Uh, I'll total that up in a minute. Let's go to number
0: 2.
1: Uh, 3. Oh, shit. I hit tab and it took me completely out of it. Hold on. Uh, number seven, two. Number twelve, uh, four. Number seventeen, five. Number twenty-two, two. Number twenty-seven, three. Number four, or thirty-two, I mean.
0: Thirty-two is one.
1: 37 two 42 uh, four and 47 four okay number three two number eight four number 13. Two, number eighteen. One, number twenty-three. Two, number twenty-eight. Two, thirty-three.
0: Uh, three.
1: 38 uh, three. 43 2 and 48 1 number 4 4 number 9 4 14 2 I have to change one. It's fucking with me. Two. What number? Did you said two for number 14? Yes. For number 19? Uh, four. For number 24? Two. Number 29. Three. Number thirty-four. Uh, three. Number thirty-nine. Two. Forty-four. Uh, four. And number forty-nine. Five. And the last ten. Number five. Four. Number
0: 10,
1: three, number 15, three, number 20, two, number 25, uh, two, 30, uh, one, 35, four 40 uh, two 45 four and number 50 three <clears throat> all right let's see here what we've got 10 17, 20. Seven, twenty-seven, and seven thirty-four, thirty-eight. 38 okay five, ten, fourteen, sixteen, nineteen, 20, twenty-two, six, thirty, even all right six eight nine eleven 13, 16, 19, 21, 22. 18, 14, 16, 19, 22, 24, 26, 31. And the last one, 7, 10, 12, 14, 15, 19, 21, 25, 28. All right, I've got your scores, and I've got my scores. Okay. <clears throat> so the first, uh, these are ranked, if you score 10 to 17, you need to make it a developmental priority. and That's something you really need to work on. Uh, 18 to 34, giving attention to where you feel your weakest will pay dividends, and then a 35 or above this area is a strength for you. Uh, you, your strength was your self awareness. Okay. Uh, your total overall score you thought your self awareness was a 38 out of a possible 50. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, now, when it comes to managing emotions, um, you felt that you did a 30 out of a possible 50.
0: Okay. Your
1: bad. your motivation, you got a 22 out of a 50. <laughs> motivation is where I scored the lowest, too. I got a twenty. I got a twenty-four. I cannot motivate myself. Uh, Empathy, uh, you got a thirty-one out of fifty, and your social skills, you got a thirty-nine. Or wait, you got a twenty? No, no, I got a (laughs) thirty-nine. You got a twenty-eight.
0: Well, that's not. That's better than I thought it would be.
1: Uh, how do you feel it lines up with you? I, I feel mine lines up pretty well. I'm, I'm really self-aware. You know, I mean, I'm trans, I gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 46. Uh, managing emotions, I think with therapy it's really helped and I've been, I've, you know, I'm up to a 42. I used to need more attention than that. You know. Uh, well, I, mean, mo- I think for
0: I for me when it when it comes to managing emotions, like I, I used to read a lot of uh, um, therapy books when I was in high school and whatnot. And I implement a lot of that into my daily life. Yeah, um, but I am not perfect on anything. You know, a lot a lot of my daily life is you know frustration at others. So there is that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, Motivating oneself, you got a twenty-two. I got the twenty-four. Empathy uh you got a 31 i you know, i'm pretty empathetic i got a 44 um, what did they
0: so get for empathy f- 31 31 i thought
1: it'd be higher but i i assumed yours would be a little higher on your empathy as well social skills uh 28 uh for you uh had 39
0: i mean yeah that tracks I I can talk to people. I can have conversations with people. I prefer not to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And me, I love talking to people. I love fucking knowing what makes people tick. You know, I'm always asking people, oh, how are you? You know, what have you been up to? What's going on? What's what's happening? You know? I'm a I'm a nosy fucker. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. our emotional intelligence quizzes. Uh for those of you that were scoring yourself at home, let us know how you did in the comments.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so what did Brian go?
1: So what? basically what that means is we both have, uh, we're both shit at motivation. Yeah. And we should work on that in the areas that we know we need to work on that. Uh, but we're pretty 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 solid overall you know yeah, well, we're pretty well rounded indiv- pretty well rounded individuals is exactly what I was getting ready to say
0: it's funny too because like the self awareness thing makes sense that it's so high only due to the fact that i I know where my problem areas are. Like this, this didn't confirm anything per se. No, as as no, sure, this but... is
1: not scientific by any means. No, well, not a scientific study, but uh, it's it's just a little questionnaire that helps you understand. It can help you visualize.
0: It's clever in the way that it gives the test too, because it's not obvious what direction anything is
1: going. No, no, it's not like you know. This section is your social skills. This section is your empathy, and it's like it's split up. Would ask a question about one, then moves on to another, then another, yeah. and then so on.
0: Um. Well, let's go ahead and do mine real quick, because sure, mine shouldn't take too long. It's got um thirty five questions. You just okay. give me a one through five, and I can go from there. Okay. So. I remain now, calm in conflict.
1: One wow. being never, five being always, and three being sometimes. Yes. And Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, five being most likely. Or, you know, the high, whatever. You know what I mean? I remain calm in conflict and prefer to settle disputes intellectually.
1: I'll give that a three. Okay. Um, people Although, to meet- when, it, when it comes to a conflict, I like to just, you know,. I'm like, I'm just going to shut the fuck up, and I'm going to say shit, cool off, and then come back to it. So <laughs> that's why I give it a three.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, people turn to me for guidance in getting through difficult situations.
1: Dude. I get uh, always. That's a five. Okay.
0: I thrive in competitive environments and enjoy physical activities or sports. Four okay. One. Okay.
1: I do love a competitive environment, but not when it comes to physicality.
0: That's fair. I am bold and assertive, never backing down from a challenge.
1: Uh, I'm bold and assertive, but I do back down from challenges when it comes to physical stuff. So I would give it a three out of five.
0: I prefer solitude and introspection away from the chaos and crowds.
1: Hmm. That's a 4.
0: Okay. I have a strong protective instinct, especially towards animals and vulnerable beings. That's a, that's a 5. I take pride in my ability to think clearly.
1: I'm pretty proud of that. That's pretty four. That's a 4.
0: <laughs> All right. Many consider me a lone wolf. That's a 1. People sometimes say I have short temper.
1: I used to. Um but not so much anymore. I would say just to be fair, a 3. Okay.
0: I feel in leadership positions. Not fill but like fill up leader positions, leadership positions.
1: That's a weird one. When a
0: leadership position comes into play, are you the one to take it or is it going to go to somebody else?
1: Number, uh, that's a four. Yeah, we'll say it's a four.
0: People often seek my guidance, seeing me as a source of vulnerable or unusual insights, valuable or unusual
1: insights. That's a five.
0: It. Ed- Education, literature, and the arts are my passions.
1: I wouldn't say they're my passions. I'd say that's a two.
0: Okay. I have a strong sense of adventure and enjoy exploring places where I have never been before. That's a four. I have a deep connection to nature. I feel a deep connection to nature.
1: That's... A two. Ten. I like it. I like it. It's nice, but
0: eh. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> um, I'm known for making decisions with a level head even under pressure.
1: Mm, I would go with a four. All right.
0: My moods can shift quick.
1: yeah that's 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 a four
0: okay i have a broad perspective looking at the big picture rather than getting lost in the details
1: uh i'd say four
0: okay i have an ad for ultra or alta beauty There we go. No, go away, Alta. Okay. I'm known for my many. Sorry, let me read that again. I'm known for my ability to strategize or plan major projects.
1: Formulating a game plan, I love to do that. I'd be a four.
0: I'm for women's issues and am seen as a guardian of women and girls.
1: I mean, five,
0: <laughs> okay people often seek my advice or help in resolving conflicts
1: that's that's I get this all the time, man. People always hit me up four don't be modest or anything.
0: Um I approach obligations with a seriousness and integrity not always seen in others. That's a three. While others revel in attention and drama, I prefer maintaining a composed and somewhat distant presence.
1: That's (laughs) a (laughs) three.
0: Okay. Nature is my sanctuary, and I feel most at peace while outdoors. One. Health and wellness are priorities for me, and I often give health advice to my friends and family. One. I often excel... I'm missing pieces.
1: I, I know, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I often excel in competitive environments, especially where strategy is involved. Uh, four. I'm known for my stubbornness and for standing firm in my belief. Five. <laughs> I'm, fair enough. I'm a problem solver using my intelligence and knowledge to find solutions. Four. I am fearless and jump into action when needed.
1: I'm pretty fearless. That would be a five.
0: Okay. I uphold justice and fairness, often contemplating the deeper hidden truths of the universe. Four. My interests lean towards the profound and existential, which are different from the usual human pursuits.
1: Yeah, I'll go three.
0: Okay. I cherish my independence and am fiercely protective of
1: my freedom. Number five.
0: Five five five. Okay. I believe in standing up for what's right even if it means getting into a fight. Five. I value justice and fairness, often taking charge to enforce them.
1: Uh four.
0: I'm natural at communication, able to easily connect with others. Five. I have a creative soul, often expressing myself through music, poetry, and other arts.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say music or poetry, but, you know, I do a lot of creative stuff, so I would say that's a four. Okay.
0: Now the last question. So, I got your results here. Okay. You are mostly aligned with Zeus and Poseidon. You had a 75% with both of them. You had a tied 60% with Hades, Ares, Athena, and Artemis. And you had a 70% with Apollo. Hmm. Your results read multiple results. You appear to have two or more equally prominent matches. Um, It is possible that you are an equal fit for all of those matches. On the other hand, it is also possible that you simply answered the questions in such a way that you ended up with tied results, even though, in reality, you do have a definitive match. Whether you are really, whether you really are an equal fit for all of these characters, or you just happened to get an equal score on them, we are unable to say. (laughs) We are therefore also unable to give you a more personalized description. That's fair. You fucked up the test. Um, Damn it! Mine is I'm more aligned with Hades and Athena, and then there's Apollo at seventy five percent and Zeus is seventy. I'm nothing like fucking Ares or Poseidon.
1: <laughs>
0: but that's interesting. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was. I liked it. I had fun with it. But uh but yeah, that's the test. So um I don't know if Maya wants to, guys, but. <laughs> We might edit out certain aspects of that entire test. Um, no. Or I'm just going to put timestamps. So if you don't want to listen to us, go through the whole questionnaire part and skip it. Which, to be fair, I would do. I would, I, if I was listening to the podcast, I'd want that.
1: Yeah, maybe. Making more work for Something
0: me. Like you don't have to, but timestamps, I think, would be good regardless.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anywho,
0: let's go ahead and do our last uh, piece of the itinerary, which is the Doctor Who special number two.
1: Yeah, wild blue yonder. So, this starts off with, uh, you know, picks up where the first special left off with the TARDIS on fire and out of control because of Donna's spilled coffee. Uh, as a result they crash into a tree They briefly briefly run into Isaac Newton Where they accidentally re- replaced The word gravity with mavity uh, Newton did You know because they Say gravity he's like what was that word He's like mavity yeah that was it uh, The doctor and Donna find themselves On a very long spaceship at the edge of space Where there are no stars there are no signs of life, and only the only mobile thing is a robot. The doctor nicknames, or well, Donna nicknames Jimbo, who is slowly walked down the ship's cor- slowly walking down the ship's corridor. A voice declares various words every now and then that cause the walls of the ship to move and change. To fix the TARDIS, the doctor leaves his sonic screwdriver in the keyhole, only for the TARDIS to suddenly disappear. The doctor tells Donna that the Tartus resets its numerous functions, including its danger relocation function. The tortoise will only come back once the, dang, the once the danger has abated. The doctor and Donna get to work on trying to get the ship up and running, but encounter doppelgangers, self-dubbed not-things of each other. The not-things are intelligent, but they lack the concept of size and shape and constantly dis. Uh, distort and morph into animalistic versions of the two the doctor and donna struggled out with not things as they also assimilate their thoughts and way of thinking the doctor eventually figures out that the ship's captain committed suicide three years ago by ejecting herself into space after setting off a series of actions that so that the not things could not figure out what she was up to the doctor puts together that the phrase is being announced are a countdown, and Jimbo was slowly walking towards the self-destruct button in a last-ditch effort to kill the not-things. The Not-Things race to stop the bomb while the Doctor speeds up the countdown. As the danger is about to pass, the TARDIS returns and the Doctor enters. He nearly takes the wrong Donna, but ejects her after noticing her wrist was point zero six millimeters too thick, and rescues the real Donna just as the ship explodes, killing both Not-Things. While the Doctor and Donna make their way back to Camden Market, they're greeted by Wilfred Mott, who's overjoyed to see his granddaughter back reunited with the Doctor. However, Wilf reveals that the world's in danger again as people suddenly begin fighting with one another and a plane crashes near them. The Doctor, Donna, and Wilf take cover against the TARDIS as the crashing plane explodes, and then that's the end of the episode.
0: It was awesome.
1: It really was. Mm -hmm. So much discussion. uh, When the Doctor and Donna are separated, and they are trying to get back to each other and these doppelgangers uh you know they're not sure if this is like the doctor is not sure if this is really Donna or if this is the doppelganger and vice versa and the questions that they ask and the things that they talk about and the things that they reference like there was a lot of stuff that was referenced in the conversation that uh, applied to the Jody Whittaker version of the doctor. Uh, And the Donna is talking to him, got him isolated while Donna has the doppelganger and she's like, take off your tie. Where'd your tie go? Oh, that's how clothes work. You know, those, those, it was fascinating. It was a nice, nice change of pace to see, uh, really enjoyed the torment that David Tennant brings to the role
0: yeah
1: like he's he's been devastated by the events of the flux and we see that
0: yeah it's um he uh He goes through a lot in this episode. I mean, Donna does too, but it's 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 primarily him because the not things are able to um, gain all the memories of whoever they're mimicking. Yes. Um, and there's a, there's a couple moments in it for him that I was like, "Ooh, that is that is live." Really but what made it so enjoyable too is is That episode is the epitome of what Doctor Who is. You know, you have a monster to overcome. You have something that is is an antagonist for the episode that the Doctor is also – there's a mystery there that the Doctor is trying to solve and and, and, uh, uh, figure out the best outcome for the situation. But you also have this level of kind of like it's scary. There's an aspect to this episode that's scary. And it had everything that makes Doctor Who special. Um, I personally fucking think that this episode is not only the epitome of Doctor Who but it's also like what makes David Tennant and Catherine Tate so fucking enjoyable to watch yeah like they are also playing the not things and they yeah. both have these subtle facial expressions that when the not thing exposes itself you're like that's fucking terrifying
1: Oh, I yeah. I loved it for that. Uh, w- uh, and in this episode, aside from... Aside from... Oh, sorry. I thought Misty was bringing me coffee, but she mixed up tea for herself. You dirty whore, you...
0: Damn.
1: Yeah, look at her sticker tug at me. I love you. Uh, Sorry. No... Uh, z- Isaac Newton's cameo at the beginning and Wolf's cameo at the end, with the exception of that this is all David Tennant and Catherine Tate acting in the entire episode. Yep. It was very reminiscent of uh Peter Capaldi episode uh in his last se- or well, his second season. Um uh, it was, it, was, it was very well done.
0: Uh, I'm not sure which
1: episode you're talking
0: about. I, I'm currently on the last season of Capaldi, and I want to get through it so I can get to Jodie Whitaker because I haven't seen a single episode of hers.
1: Honestly, dude, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go back and watch it. It's a good one. It's it, it, it's involved in the storyline around the death of Clara, and he's, uh, uh, he's, okay. he's trapped in his... Um, Um, what would they call it? What'd they call it, honey? The thing that he was trapped in. His memory device or whatever it was that was supposed to unlock on his death or whatever. Anyway, he kept dying over and over in the episode and was reformatted, brought back.
0: Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I can't think of the name of it, though. Anyway, it was very reminiscent of that because it was Capaldi by himself in that and this was... You know, Tennant and Tate by themselves in this—I, I I just thought, you know, that parallel. No, this episode though was fucking great, and what sucks is we get sixty minutes left. We get one last minute, and then we're gonna be introduced into, you know, the new Doctor, which I'm looking forward to. But you it's almost cruel. It's like I love ten, ten's my favorite. now you've given me ten back for three episodes, then you're taking him away, and probably not going to be able to watch ten anymore, and that's a shame, but you know the it it it, it it allows for a lot of questions like, why did this face come back? Why am I this person again? That's, yeah, uh, we
0: need to we need a resolution to that because we have not had that even asked to a, to a, to a, uh, a degree that I'm comfortable with or a degree that is satisfying in regards to why he has his old face.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the new episode, the new special. And then Jesus. After that, when does the new season come out?
0: I yeah, I have no clue. Uh let me see if uh anybody knows on the
1: internet. I'm getting ready to look it up. <coughs>
0: um Yeah, I just finished uh, um, episode three of season three of Capaldi's last season. No, season three, episode three of Capaldi's last season.
1: Oh, Bill Potts.
0: Yes, I like Bill a lot.
1: Bill's awesome.
0: She, uh, she kind of put him in his place. It's kind of cool.
1: I really enjoy Missy, uh, Nardole, and and Bill as his companions.
0: Yeah, I want to know what the fuck is behind that 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 big-ass door that Nardole keep, kept fucking with in the beginning of the season. And then, like, Doctor comes with food, and he's like, I got Mexican, and she, like, plays fucking pop, goes the weasel, or whatever's back there plays pop. I don't know what it is.
1: Uh, I didn't mean to spoil it, but yeah. I was like, yeah, please don't. Oh my
0: gosh! I would like to just find the list of episodes, please, and thank you. We continue.
1: Okay, its season fourteen is expected to premiere in spring of twenty twenty four.
0: Okay. Yeah, there was a thing I sent you that was really funny. It was like a behind the scenes thing of uh, them showing ten at the TARDIS for the first time, the new TARDIS.
1: Dude, that is awesome.
0: And my favorite part was he talks about needing to. He wanted to run around it on camera before. Uh, um, I can't think of the guy's the new guy's name before he got a chance to see it.
1: And I just closed that tab, you son of a bitch. It's all right. Uh, hold okay. on. I can tell you.
0: Uh, it's it's Nakudi Gawa. Yeah. Nakudi Gawa is the end silent.
1: I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll just call him a New Doctor.
0: I need to hear it again, but
1: Yeah, I need to hear it again.
0: It says in season fourteen, a Christmas special air on December in December twenty twenty three, following the eight followed by the eight episode Oh no, that's Never mind. I fucking heard that wrong. No. Yeah, okay. So here's the three specials. This Fifteenth Doctor okay. Series fourteen. A Christmas special will air in December of twenty twenty three, followed by the eight episode fourteenth series in twenty twenty-four. Filming started on December fifth of twenty twenty two and concluded on July fifteenth of twenty twenty three. The first episode will be on Christmas and it's called The Church on Ruby Road, and that's when we'll see the new Doctor.
1: Oh, so they're airing the first episode, Christmas Day. Yep. Fuck. Merry Christmas to me. They're airing the first episode of Doctor Who's new season on Christmas Day. What oh, you already season? knew that. Well, fuck you then, punk. Not telling me. Oh. She, I'm gonna watch she's mouthing it. to me. She just found out because she's watching a video right now. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus. I'm going to watch the new season as it airs as well, just because. Um, uh. I don't think you have you have to have watched the past Doctors to enjoy the new Doctor but I want to be caught up so like over the next I don't know few weeks I sh- I'll hopefully be fully caught like today I'm going to watch a couple episodes
1: hell yeah dude this is Capaldi's final season which I love Capaldi's run and at first I was like I don't know how I feel about Peter Capaldi you know I didn't really care for him at first and then I got into it and I was just like this guy's amazing once he found his way once he found his way he was just like blowing me away and loved the episodes that his take on things and yeah uh, I wish, you know, I wish everybody enjoyed him as much, but Hey, there's you got multiple other doctors and everybody's got their favorite. That's okay.
0: Yeah. I think having a favorite doctor is totally fine. I think that telling others that their favorite doctor's stupid stupid, whatever is fucking fucked up. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that is the difference between, like, let's say Tennant and Matt Smith versus Capaldi is I think Tenet and Matt Smith, like, had a doctor in mind they wanted to play and stuck with it through their entire series. Whereas Capaldi, it took him, like, almost an entire series to kind of nail that. Because the character, the, the doctor we get in series two feels more in line with what made sense for his doctor versus season one.
1: Yes, yes. Season one, I mean, they even wrote that into the story he was trying to find his way you know he was like why this face why this face you know why am i who i am and you know he had to figure out who he was before we got that and that was great it's just it took me a while to get behind that you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah sure it took a lot of people and then my my family loved watching doctor who and then when quality season started that that first season a lot of people turned off from it but I wish people had stuck with it, because you know this last season has been great so far. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, so what grade would you give the uh, special two?
1: Oh, okay. The uh, Wobbly one, I give it an A plus. It was fucking excellent. Yeah. It was so well Same done. Game. So well done. Yeah, if you're a Doctor Who fan, don't don't skip on this one. It's so good. But um,
0: why don't we get the hell out of here? All right. Um, Guys, that's going to do it for us. Next week, we're going to watch Doctor Who special three. We might have other things, but you'll know that at the top of the show. Uh, As you could probably tell, this is our soft reboot. We're going to have a new uh, musical intro. We're going to get some new art. Um, So uh, expect a lot of changes in that regard. Um, You can follow us on all the social medias listed down below. So you'll know when new episodes are live. Uh, if you want to support us directly, go to our Teespring store, which has loads of cool merch. Um, we have a discount code for anybody that made it to this part of the uh, the, the podcast, which is AQU15 for 15% off at checkout. Um, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you?
1: Uh, you know, if you want to find me, you can look on Facebook. Under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. Uh, always open for, you know... Uh, anybody hitting me up, talking shows, talking video games, talking comics, talking about life. You know, I'm. I like I like talking to people. Uh, just don't be a creep. Uh, that's about it. Greg, where can people find you?
0: Uh, you can find me under Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Uh, I've been uploading things on Instagram, video game clips are a lot of fun. So if you want to check those out, head on over to Instagram. Uh, but that's it guys Uh, again uh, Doctor Who Special 3 for next week thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week
1: take care everybody